Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Inside the Coach's Office. My name is Tom Murphy Jr. I'm here with Coach Barnes as always. And today we got a very special guest. We have from the D Zone, Jeff Corian. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. Oh man, it's a pleasure. It really is because uh, we're going to get to talk about a lot of high school football. And, and today, this episode is all about what the D zone is, what the D zone does and, and why it's special to high school football in the state of Michigan. So Jeff, if you could start us off, could you just kind of tell the people what the D zone is and how it, 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 it affects high school football in the state of Michigan? Yeah, absolutely. So I started the D zone in 2010 as a you know, a way to provide exposure for Michigan high school players, the teams, the communities, um, you know, pretty much everyone in the state of Michigan. And, you know, we built a platform and a large social media presence, you know, with those core, you know, ideas of promoting the players, um, getting their information out there, having it really accessible for colleges and fans to see this information, um, you know, and just always building up the players and, you know, providing the best possible exposure we can and, you know, covering games during the season, covering kids at camps. Um, you know, we pretty much do all the stuff for the players in Michigan. Jeff, uh, Coach Brian Barnes here. Good to see you again. Glad you're uh, glad you're here. Welcome to the show. Uh, I mean, you you're our week thirteen guest. I mean, we are we are killing it, and it's awesome to talk Michigan high school football with you. And um, you know, Jeff, I got a chance to know you, uh, meet you when you when you first started out and, and kind of got into this and. Um, I know you're a big fan of Michigan high school football and a lot of the coaches and the players in the state of Michigan appreciate, you know, you know, what you do and um, your excitement that you have for, for Michigan high school football. I'm kind of curious, um, you know, what was your motivation to start, um, you know, other than um, being a fan and creating exposure for kids or what was it about Michigan high school football that you thought um, that, you know, this would be something really cool that you could, um, you know, that you could help out, you know, the way you help out the athletes and the coaches, what ultimately motivated you to really, you know, start this project? You know, I, I saw the first year covering it was 2010. The year prior, we had, you know, Will Golston, you know, at Southeastern. And, you know, I looked at that, I go, wow, there's nothing really promoting, you know, these kids really besides the kids who have offers. Um, and I was looking at it the first year, 2010, started covering those kids only like the kids who were going to Florida that were going to Michigan. But honestly, it took me five weeks to realize that, you know, there's a bunch of kids that have just a lot of talent that have absolutely no one covering them. And I started off in the Mac that year. Um, saw Henry Ford, the second anchor Bay when Tawan Jones was there, you know, who went to Michigan state. Uh, that was a good early season game. I saw, um, it, it's just crazy because, you know, just covering only the Mac at first, uh, the second year I started covering Southeastern Michigan schools only, which expanded. And then by the third year, you know, I really was just like, I'm going all out. We're just going to cover the whole state of Michigan now. And, you know, it's just been crazy going all over the state covering kids that, you know, barely got any recognition than, you know, other local newspapers and local, you know, media was giving them and putting them on for, college coaches to see and other people it's you know it's really rewarding to you know help the kids out like this so Jeff 
the website, the D zone, um, there's a lot of information all the yeah. time. Um, do you, do you have a staff? Uh, can you explain like how you get so much content out there on, on a, such a regular basis? Yeah. So me and my partner, Stu, um, you know, we're pretty much the two behind this madness. Um, you know, we're at a bunch of games and camps throughout the season, um, covering football and basketball. Um, I do mostly football. He does mostly basketball, but, you know, us two and a few other people who have, you know, kind of helped us out through the years. Um, you know, we're just all over the place trying to get all this information, building relationships with the players and the coaches and, you know, parents and, you know, just oftentimes we're in the right spot at the right time. It seems like with, you know, a lot of big plays and stuff we've captured during the years, uh, <laughs> there's a lot to it. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. Um, what kind of response have you gotten as the site has grown from players, parents, coaches, are you finding that people are, that are really involved in the game and like in the high school football process, are they responding to the website? Yeah. Um, when we changed, we changed our website in 2017 and the feedback, you know, from that has been tremendous. We've added a ton of new features on the website to help the players, um, you know, and prov provide better exposure in terms of the information we have that's visible on our website, better organized with functionality and stuff. Um, the, the feedback from the coaches, everything I've ever heard has been really good. You know, the, they appreciate how, how we're able to have this information laid out and very accessible for every player to join our website, for the players to add their information on our website. Um, you know, and it's, it's always yeah. positive stuff that we're putting out there on them. So, you know, the feedback, you know, has been, you know, really good. And, and Jeff, how, how important is it for a high school kid, especially these days with, with social media, you know, blowing up and how important is it for a high school kid who wants to play college football to have a social media presence that, a is positive and B is, you know, just out there for everybody to see because like these kids now, they, every, all these kids are on their own social media, but yeah. high school or college football coaches aren't checking out every kid's Facebook or their Snapchat or whatever. So how important is it for, for a high school kid who wants to play college football to be on a site like yours to get recognition? Yeah, so it's a great question. And that's one of my strongest strengths has been social media marketing. Um, you know, when I started this in 2010, you know, Twitter was a fairly new thing. And, you know, we've been able to help kids build um, just having a presence on Twitter, making sure that they knew they have to be on Twitter to be um, able to communicate with college coaches. Um, you know, I, I've gone through steps, you know, quite extensively through the years. I used to have um, the, these like uh, seminars almost where I'd go in person to four schools. This one, uh, I think it was a fall or a spring, it was during the spring and just talk about social media, how important it was, uh, why they got to be on there, how they should have their profile on like social media designed, what they should, should not post, stuff like that. Um, and in terms of just like a profile and stuff like on our site, 
Um, you know, just having all that information right there, you know, in a consolidated location with all their key key information like height, weight, name, position, um, you know, and very organized is, I think, really important for colleges because, you know, if they look for a kid and they can't find his information, you know, it's probably because the kid has all their information scattered. And then if they see kids with like bad social media presence and stuff, you know, oftentimes they're taking that kid off their recruiting board as well. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting subject. Yeah. Um, but I think right now with like how Twitter is built um, or not how it's built, just how it's set up that, you know, it's very effective for kids to use it to communicate with colleges. They can see information. They can see um, if kids upload videos, if they can see kids posting their test scores, their report cards, stuff like that. Um, even though they cannot communicate with kids until their junior season, they're still seeing all this information, you know, on social media and on like websites such as ours. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, so, you know, recruiting has evolved, obviously, over the years, like you just mentioned, especially like from a social media perspective. And as a coach, you know, I'm I'm very wary and I know other coaches are wary and hesitant, um, you know, when parents ask like, hey, what, you know, should we send our kid to this camp or should we send, uh, you know, should we sign him up for this recruiting service or whatnot? And I know initially you started uh, I can say personally, right. I'm, I was a little hesitant, like not sure. Hey, what's, you know, what's Jeff's angle, but obviously I've gotten to know you a little bit. And over time, I, I know you have like, ultimately you're trying to help out kids and it's a cool, there's a market for it. Right. And you want to help kids get exposure, whatnot. How receptive has other coaches in the state of Michigan bid toward you um, as your website has evolved and as you, as you grow, you know, your, um, your footprint, so to speak with, um, you know, the, uh, with the diesel. I, I think very good. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of conversations with coaches from meeting them at camps, meeting them at games. And, you know, we've always kind of bounced feedback each other. Um, you know, I think I've applied a lot of feedback that I've received, you know, really well throughout the year, the, the last couple of years and stuff. So I think very good. Um, you know, and I've had a lot of coaches now too, that have gone on the, you know, coach college and stuff. So you know, Wiltshire and Parker at Toledo and, you know, Wiltshire at Michigan State. And, you know, they've always been really receptive to what we've done um, as high school and college coaches. Have you had any any experience with people reaching out to you about your own personal opinions on some of these kids that you cover? Or, like, have they, has anybody reached out through, like, email or social media to, to ask you certain opinions because of how much knowledge you have just through so much because uh, you the, the d zone doesn't just like cover high school football like you really get into the nitty-gritty about the recruiting process with a lot of these these players are you finding that people are reaching out to you for your opinion yeah um, you know, we, we post the player rankings. Um, right now, I think we're doing uh, top 20 se current seniors, so or, uh, soon to be seniors, so class of 23, yeah. uh, 10, class of 24. So I get a lot of feedback on that. Um, you know, I, I see so much of the kids and stuff, you know, at camps and at games that, you know, I, I do have a really good opinion on a lot of stuff. And, you know, I take a lot of feedback and, you know, kind of 
combine those two things together. But yeah, I mean, it's pretty much nonstop with like Twitter being so accessible for us right now. We get, you know, it just depends on when, but we could get a, a parent or a fan just blasting us, praising us, whatever it is for rankings. It's it's a it's like a daily thing almost, you know. Yeah, I bet. Now, Jeff, um, with that, now there is a there is a fan base for high school football recruiting yeah. into college. There, there, there's a group of football fans that that can't get enough. How much how much weight do you put on on this particular because because there's because there's the other side of it where people are like, oh my God, they're they're just they're they're still just teenagers entering into college. Yeah. Who, there's so much that can change in a year or two or three, you know, before these kids even get to college. But there's such a I don't even want to say a market, just there's such a interest in it so how do you keep things in perspective when dealing with high school kids yeah I think I think the message that needs to get across and we tell the kids all the time is you know kind of block out the noise stay focused on you know what you can control and you know that's primarily keeping your grades up you know focused on what you want to achieve you know, in terms of your off-season athletic goals, in terms of weight room, stuff like that. Um, in, because, yeah, it, it is crazy. You know, you can get these kids that, you know, they'll get a scholarship offer at a really young age, and then they all of a sudden have, you know, hundreds to thousands of adults following them. You know, oftentimes them trying to <laughs> post their reason why a kid should attend the college they're a fan of. And, you know, for a lot of kids, that's really distracting. But I think with, you know, just kids, you know, kind of being in good good, good circles with uh, their coaches and stuff that, you know, the coaches have the experience from a kid that they previously coached. So they're passing on this knowledge. I'm passing on this knowledge to kids to, you know, just really stay focused on yourself and, you know, your team. Yeah. Who was, um, Jeff, who was the best player you've covered in person or who was the best or what was the best game you've had a chance to witness in person of all the games you've covered? So the answer is both. I'm going to answer in one, one answer pretty much is Donovan Peoples Jones from cast tech. Yeah. Um, the, the year they beat Eisenhower in the semifinal. Um, I mean, it was like 20 seconds left and he had that game winning touchdown catch um, in the corner of the end zone, like right in front of us. And it's a, it's a player I'll never forget because I've never seen anything like it in 12 years of covering high school football. I was there. I remember. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's some next level athleticism we saw from Peoples Jones. Um, his vertical, I know at the open Nike opening earlier that year was 40 inches. So like the type of athlete that Peoples Jones is and, you know, ha him having success now, um, you know, in the NFL, um, it's an easy answer for me. Um, you know, and Donovan Peoples Jones, they're not Donovan Edwards, I think from West Bloomfield. Oh yeah. Uh, two, two years ago now he's really close, uh, number two, but Peoples Jones, I thought was this. Now didn't Peoples, now didn't he also have the game winning catch in the state finals? They, they won that game comfortably. I, I know he had 
I think he had two game-winning touchdowns. Okay. Or, sorry, he had two. Sorry, he had two receiving touchdowns that game. Okay. Because um, I think they they won by seventeen points. I want to say. Okay. Okay. I mean, but he ball. I mean, he had a good game. Oh yeah, him, him and Brandon yeah. who was signed with uh, Northern Illinois, and I think he's at William Penn now after bouncing around to Saginaw Valley State. He's, you know, that was their state championship team. Those two with you know a few other guys they had, but. That was the duo right there. That I bet those was those were some final two games. Cast Tech probably had some fun teams to cover. Oh yeah, they did. I'm sure. So you got all right. So, but that said, with the best now, you you cover a lot of great players now, and some of them. At what point do you know from your experience? a kid is going to be a star. Like, like when you cover Donovan Peoples Jones, not just at the state championship or, or the, the semifinals, but you probably knew that people, a lot of people knew people Jones was going to be a star at a very yeah. early age. We got a kid right now, Bryce Underwood out of Belleville that 14 years old and he's yeah. already getting D one offers how do you handle something like that covering a kid that's only 14, but, but you know, he's going to be a star. And, and it, at what point when, in your experience, do you know a kid's going to be a star and he's just going to make it maybe not even through college, but to the NFL, like, did you yeah. know Donovan Peoples Jones was going to the, was going to be a star. It's like the first time you ever saw him and Bryce Underwood right now, you know, like, how do you, yeah. how do you kind of roll with it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it might be too tough an answer, too tough of an answer for me to fully describe how I feel, you know, in terms of an evaluation like this, because um, it's like it goes through my mind, and then you know these thoughts I have, like I apply them when I'm like in person at these camps and at games, but I would say like from a general perspective, of my thought on this is just seeing how the kid presents himself, how he, you know, moves, how he how his athleticism is, is a big factor in that. Um, Cause you can see it in Bryce Underwood, you know, entering his freshman season, even that, you know, he moves just as good as someone, you know, three or four years older than him, than, yeah. than him, um, you know, how he handles uh, communication um, and conversations and stuff, you know, that their demeanor is a major thing and the kid's really level-headed. Uh, that's how people's Jones was too. You know, when I started covering him his freshman and sophomore year, um, and it was that was pretty much a no-brainer too. When I saw Peoples Jones as a sophomore, you know, just dominating on varsity, um, I, I remember seeing him at Week One versus I think it was Oak Park or Southfield when they had Mike Weber and John Kelly was on Oak Park. You know, seeing him make plays as a sophomore, um, but with like Bryce Underwood right now. Um, you know, when you see a player lead a team, the Division One state championship as a freshman, um, you know, it's only been done twice with him and Jay Ru Campbell, who went to Cast Tech. So yeah. um, you, you see the, how the kids kind of see what Bryce does, how they um, kind of follow his lead, you know, because he, he's not going to say a lot because he's the freshman, but you can tell by his body language how he leads the team that the kids do follow him. The older kids follow him. They respected him. And, you know, you saw it all come full circle in the state final game. No, that's, that's interesting that, um, that you brought up J. Rule Campbell because he, he, like you say, he was a star at a very, very young age, but then, yes. you know, fell on some, some hard times, some, some 
issues. Um, is that not like the thing that you got to watch yourself as, as being a, a high school recruit, uh, like um, somebody who follows high school football on a recruiting level to, to be very wary about that. Uh, again, they're, 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 they're teenagers. Things can happen. And you look at a guy like J. Rue Campbell, who everything was way, way up. And then, then, the, the issues come in and then it's way, way down. But then he kind of redeemed himself a bit, yeah. if, if you will. It took him going to a uh, fair state, right? But he ended up doing pretty well, um, at least at that level. But at the high school level, there's so many trap falls. Like, yeah. So when watching a kid like Bryce Underwood and you're already like focused on him as a freshman, how do these colleges like really follow these stars and when one thing happens or you know how how quickly can they fall off and and how how much do you see of that where a kid might be really really good early and then something happens in high school and then they completely fall off like yeah i mean it's a really isolated incident just because you know it it, it takes a lot you know, for a, a kid to fall off and, you know, you saw what it, how it was with J. Rue Campbell. Um, you know, I think in some parts that we don't really know about and stuff that, you know, unfortunately kids do fall off, but it's not like, you know, unfortunately the kids who don't have the offers and stuff like a, a player of that high profile. Um, but the kids just gotta, you know, once they like kind of make up their mind and say, okay, I have a really legitimate chance to college, you know, they got to surround themselves with, you know, good coaches and good people who are going to look out for their best interest, you know, to help them get through, you know, whatever issues they have at home and, you know, in school as well. So, um, you know, there's a lot of great mentors and stuff in terms of, you know, active coaches, past coaches, um, you know, and just other off-season co coaches that are helping kids, you know, with mentoring and SAT preps and stuff like that, that really keep these kids, you know, in a very, um, engaging position, I think, to learn and, you know, learn from people's past mistakes, you know, and apply those to be in a good position to succeed going into college. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, whenever you, um, you know, get an opportunity to, to tweet out or announce that, it, that, uh, that a player's got an offer from a school, um, are you, do you ever you know, have you ever had a situation where you, you had to double check and triple check your source to see if that offer was legit? Um, and, and a college coach maybe calls you up or lets you know, like, hey, you know, that didn't happen. Have you ever had to deal with anything like that? Or for the most part, is everybody pretty cool and on the up and up? Yeah, I mean, you always have one or two kids that um, every couple of years will try reporting on like fake offers and stuff. Um, you know, colleges really can't mention a kid by by a name. So we haven't got that, but we have enough sources and feedback to often, you know, verify this information or, um, you know, have a pretty good understanding of what's legit from seeing a kid in person off a lot of times is a reason. Um, but unfortunately, you know, sometimes like it does slip through the, uh, it does slip through the crack occasionally, yeah. but, um, you know, when that happens, we, we quickly, you know, got to, fix it and stuff and you know not try to negatively draw attention to a kid um you know in some 
sometimes kids misunderstand what an offer is as well. And, you know, that's also an issue that's arisen, but we, we try to keep that information, you know, private between, you know, the player and the coach. On that same level, do you deal with um, fans that like, you know, like I said earlier, there, there's this whole fan base of people that really follow high school recruiting and then really get angry when a star kid does not sign with their team. Do you ever have to deal with conflict like that? Be like on your site, as far as like negative comments and just, or just people trashing a kid just cause he didn't go to such and such school or well, how do you block out that noise? Yeah. Well, um, you know, if a kid tags us on a offer or commit tweet, we, we'll get a hundred, you know, those messages. And, you know, oftentimes we'll just mute that tweet because like for us, it, it's kind of just a distraction, you know, and the, that's what I would recommend the player to do as well. Um, you know, just listen to, you know, some that's from, listen to some, something from someone that's going to actually, you know, benefit you that knows your situation, um, that knows why you made a decision. Um, because the people who, once you explain that to someone, they're going to be like, okay, that, like you, you got to respect it. They respect it, you know, and, you know, just they offer their advice to the kid, you know, just yeah, yeah. type of thing. But we get those comments, we see them, but like, we really don't have um, any engagement, I guess, in terms of replying or um, acknowledging that type of stuff other than we see it. Yeah, because I, I imagine, it, especially on the Twitter feed, like, because people can say whatever the heck they want, you know, mm -hmm. and then so I imagine that's got to be a, a bit of a challenge to, to keep things in perspective, especially with some of these. Yeah. I don't want to call them crazies, but some people that are a little too involved than they should be probably and getting a little too angry than they should be about an 18 year old kid making a decision about where he wants to go to college. Yeah. Like, and these people got to watch their mouth too, because we're like the transfer portal and stuff. These kids might end up winding back coming to the school that, you know, someone's negatively tweeting at them about. <laughs> yeah. yeah they do, you know? That's Especially insane. That, I mean, I mean, you're right because like, you know, college coaches have to take that same mindset. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you might, you might lose a kid and you were a finalist and, oh, and you finish second. And then two years later, the kid's unhappy or a coach leaves or something. And then they're like, Hey, they might want to come to your school. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, you know, a lot of players, they're so just used to this now that, you know, social media has been out. People have told them about it. They're familiar with it. So when they do get like these negative comments and stuff, I think the players just got to, laugh it off I, I was joking with a parent a couple of weeks ago he posted something about michigan state and he's like man all these crazy fans are tweeting us i'm like yep you ready for more of them <laughs> yeah get used to it buddy <laughs> that's something like from a it, it's it's unfortunate to an extent right that any kid has to deal with any type of criticism at all like yeah. you said when it comes to where they go to school right and that's but it's also um you know kind of eye-opening and like hey welcome to the real world unfortunately yeah. right because that stuff happens and i'm sure i i bet you like when you go through your player rankings or maybe the stats you receive that you update at your site maybe they aren't accurate i can imagine the type of stuff you get from fans and parents if there's any bit of misinformation on there that you know maybe 
um, you didn't do on purpose, obviously, but it made yeah. it to the site. How often does that happen to you? Uh, occasionally, but, you know, oftentimes we're very re responsive and, you know, receptive to that feedback. And if it's obviously an error on our end, error on our end, we're going to fix that immediately and explain the reason, you know, why it happened and stuff. So, um, you know, it, it happens. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> I want to uh, change things up a bit, Jeff. We were talking a, a little bit before the show about some of uh, these exciting players that you have covered that are about to have the one of the best days of their life yeah. coming up on Thursday. Um, and that's the NFL draft. Um, there's two in particular that are very interesting to me that, that you mentioned in, uh, in Aiden Hutchinson and Ahmad Sauce Gardner who are probably going to go in the top 10, hopefully at least one of them. I'm hoping the Lions trade up and maybe get both of them somehow, but, but, but at least one of them sounds like they're going to go to the Lions, hopefully. Um, can you give us a little insight on what it was like covering those two guys in particular and, and also kind of just what it's like covering guys that you know are going to be stars i know we touched on that a bit earlier but like guys that you know are going to be stars and then seeing them become stars like and yeah so that, like you said we got aiden hutchinson you know from michigan i uh, played at divine child and dearborn uh he potential one or two pick it sounds like from every all the mock drafts and stuff i've been seeing um i started i remember hearing his name pretty early um I don't really recall seeing him that much until um, 2016 or 2017, his sophomore or junior season. And, you know, just watching him out there, you know, just do very well, kind of had a feeling, you know, with his family background and stuff that, you know, he would be a player who would make a lot of noise in the college level and be drafted eventually. I, don't, I couldn't say it. I thought he would be a one or two draft pick at the time, but, you know, that's, attributed to just you know how much hard work he's put in through the years how much harder he's worked now that you know he saw his he wanted to come back for his senior season at the University of Michigan and you know cement himself as a top pick you know that's all on him and you know just his work work ethic and how well he's done um because you know he's a very gifted player you can see that at a young age from him um you know and he did very good I know they won the prep bowl his senior season, you know, they, I think they played in division three or four, which, you know, is really tough division for, for them. Um, and then Ahmad Gardner, you know, th this was a really interesting one because his brother was um, named Alante. He played at a school, Michigan collegiate, and he graduated in like 2011 and he was like legit, but, you know, I think he went to Saginaw Valley and I'm like, this kid's a stud. He, so I'm talking with him and he's like, dude, I got a younger brother and he's got like good size and stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like what's his name? You know, this is going into, uh, I think his ninth grade year, he, he told me this and, you know, it was Ahmad Gardner, um, Sauce Gardner also goes by. So just seeing how well he did at King um, and then how he capped it off his senior year, winning the state title, having a monster game versus Muskegon. And, you know, you can't really say enough of just how well he's done at Cincinnati for the Bearcats. Um, you look at all the stats at like pro football, PFF posts, um, no 
red zone touchdowns allowed, like point pretty much like a 0.1% completion percentage versus him when the ball's thrown his way. Like he's not giving up anything in college. So, you know, it's insane that he's had such a good career, you know, obviously how hard he's worked, um, how much he's grown as a player and see him go as a, probably the number one cornerbacks, you know, incredible to see. Yeah. It's gotta be fun to, to cover these guys. And then, you know, see him excel at the next level and be like, oh, man, I saw him when, you know, when he was a sophomore. I, re- I remember this game on this high school field and he did this, <laughs> he did that. Are there some other guys that, that stand out to you again that, like, that, are, that, might, that you might see get drafted or that you think should get drafted that, that you just remember covering from high school where you were like, that kid's going to get drafted one day? Um, I haven't really thought about it too much. I just, I put a lot of thought into those two the last couple of days. Yeah. Um, there is, there is a kid right now, uh, Bernard Rahman from central Michigan. He transferred from, uh, somewhere overseas to Delton Kellogg high school in, in the Kalamazoo area, um, for his junior year. And he was like a tight end in high school, but he transitioned to an offensive tackle in college at central Michigan. And they're saying his his draft stock's going to be pretty good. Um, he, he I know he tested pretty well for the at the draft. Um, so we'll see how high he goes. Um, there's a few kids, but um, not, nothing really I can think of. At, at yeah, the top of Aiden and Sauce right are the are the two the two main yeah. ones. We should, we'll have a few more guys I know go dra- drafted. I'm I think there's about five or six off the top of my head that I can think of. Should be a nice draft for us. Yeah. What um you know occasionally you'll you'll you know send a tweet out which is pretty cool that you say the state of Michigan is the most underrated uh, state when it comes to high school football or something to that effect and that you know having two guys that you've covered going to go in the first round in the NFL draft I think speaks to that you know what what did you mean by that what do you mean by that what is it about the state of Michigan when it comes to high school football that you think is underrated and doesn't get the love that maybe it should compared to some of the other states? Yeah, well, I, I think before we started, you know, there wasn't really any re- attention on a lot of the schools in the state. Um, you know, it was only a, a select few schools that would only get attention. Um, you know, and that kind of put a bad, I think, perception on a lot of um, teams and players throughout the state through the years. And, you know, seeing that kind of come around full circle now where you know kids from you know a kid from Royal Oak is the first kid to commit to central central Michigan in uh almost 20 years like that's crazy that you know schools like this now are you know having stories like this obviously you know the kids Makai Jenkins really talented kid um so you know that's what I mean by it someone like that where you know this talent that you know, previously was going on ignored in the past is now being right in the front circle of, you know, the recruiting in the recruiting uh, circle in Michigan and seeing the numbers go up every year slightly is also very, um, what's the word I'm trying to find? Like, um, has an impact on, you know, what I mean by that, that, you know, the numbers are going up. Um, there's just a lot of talent in Michigan. That's, no longer going unexposed right now. What um, 
are there other, do you think there are other guys like yourself nationally that cover high school football like you do? Like, is there a, is there a comp to, to the D zone in say Tennessee? Have you ever had a chance to research or explore that or see, you know, how you do think compared to other States? Yeah, I, mean, I bet or, the or South the is one, crazy with it. Well, I'm, I'm sure it is. But, I mean, are you the one and only, the unique, like, D-Zone? I mean, I wonder. Well, I, if there is, I haven't met him yet. I'd like to meet that person. Um, <laughs> so, if you're listening to this, <laughs> hit me up. <laughs> but, no, we meet a lot of people, um, you know, through the years. Um, you know, a lot of times they'll work on, like, the Rivals Scout 247 that do a similar type of work to us. Um, but in terms of like an entity such as like the D zone, I don't really know if there is anything really out there unless it's, you know, tied into like a scouting service. I would think the state of Texas is crazy with this type of thing that you're doing, you know, in Texas, the king of high school football, but you there, do, do. There is a really good site. I know texashighschoolfootball.com, but I haven't really um, communicated with that you know, site manager in probably 10 years. And I really don't look at their information since, you know, Michigan's is so relevant for me right now. Yeah. I just haven't, you know, the follow up, and, you know, keep track of too much else going on. Cause you know, I only follow the Michigan high school kids. I don't really follow, you know, like college teams or anything right now. Have you been to the UP to cover a game? For basketball? Yes, but not football. <laughs> All right, we gotta make it we gotta make it happen this fall then you gotta get up to a game in uh october november ish right you know you're in the upper peninsula schedule game on thursday after week one and two and i'll be there man that's where it's at. it's a long drive but i'll tell you if you can get up to marquette i went to school at northern for a little while and um man at up it is beautiful especially around october now you you, uh, you don't want to Get up there in uh, December, January, though. I'll tell you that. You Unless you like ice fishing, that's, or skiing, maybe. That's about it. But I'm hey, not Jeff, there. I don't, I don't know how much you've listened to the show, but Tom and I had a guest on Coach Willits, and he used to be the former head coach at Finlandia University. And some of the stories we heard from him was pretty, pretty wild, pretty, pretty wild. High school football like in the UP. Imagine. To all our to all our UP fans and listeners out there, you got it going on up there. <laughs> yeah, we, we do want to make our way for Monotony um, and Marinette, Wisconsin, one day for the was it the Cedar Log rivalry? That would be one day we're awesome. gonna be up there for that for sure. Yeah, that would that be awesome. That place is awesome. Um, all right, so. I want to ask like what your plans for the future are, are, how do you, because the site is already really good. You got a lot of good information going. Um, but as, as social media has become like, everything's more accessible now and there is more of a, of a hunger, like a thirst of knowledge now for people that do follow their favorite college football teams or even just follow their high, favorite high school football teams to to learn more about these kids and where they're going, what they're doing. What are your plans for, for the future? Where, where do you see the D-Zone um, developing in the next few years? Um, you know, we got plans. I don't think I want to get too uh, in-depth on them, but um, you know, the big thing is we just want to keep growing, uh, building relationships with everyone, um, expanding our um, player database of players who can add themselves on their on our site um, can control all their information on our site um, 
because it's, it's free for them to add their self on our site where, you know, they can keep all this information, um, you know, accessible for colleges. Um, that is one of the colleges just uh, building better relationships still with them, uh, making sure that they're able to use our site, you know, as efficiently and effective as possible. Um, that's a goal that, you know, I really don't focus on too much just because we kind of let it all speak for itself, but like we never, you know, um, explain, I guess, some type of stuff, how beneficial our website is for coaches. We let them see it themselves. And, you know, I think we've gotten like tremendous reception from college coaches from the feedback we've, you know, received through them, you know, either in like Twitter DMs or in person when we, when we're able to see them at summer camps. So building, I think, better relationships though with college coaches is always, you know, a never ending thing. Yeah. Um, and just making sure everyone knows about us. That's a big thing. Um, you know, that we have scores and schedules always on our website during the season. Um, you know, just people, everyone in general that's using our website more, just how, like you said, how, how much information is on. It. And I, I think a lot of people think that sometimes we're social media only. And, you know, unfortunately our, <laughs> our website is not, is very complex, very, uh, you know, so we spend a lot of time and money on it. So it's, it's yeah. very, very good and everyone should be using it more. So we got to, you know, find ways to make sure people are using it more. Speaking of this, I, I, I did notice. So, so you said any player can just put their profile up on, on the website for free, but there is yeah. a, there's a player premium. There's a paid situation. Yeah. Can you explain that a bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, just with, with like how much hosting and stuff and, you know, just how valuable, some of the st stuff is that, you know, um, we have that we can display, um, we have a, you know, a hundred dollar fee for our, the D zone premium for players to have all their information display on it. You know, the best, um, optimization, I guess, um, is how I'd describe it. Um, any type of film that, you know, we get from camps and stuff we include in this, um, and, the ability to message college coaches right off of our website in a very easy and convenient way is a huge um, thing that's gotten a lot of positive feedback. Um, Cause so, so many times kids will try finding all these college coaches. They're not sure who, who has a college sometimes in the state of Michigan, state of Ohio, um, what division in a particular state. And we have all this information, you know, really accessible to save kids and parents, you know, hundreds of hours, during a you know a year pretty much so um yeah you know it's very beneficial i think for players um you know that be subscribed for our premium service and it's constantly you know coming out with new features and stuff because we just came out with a new chat as well on our website for our premiums to easily share tips um share us for the share info information such as junior day visits camps that are coming up at colleges um, and, you know, any other tips that we may have. So, you know, we're always coming out with new stuff. That's awesome. Now, in your experience, and coach, I want to ask you this too. What is the difference between do, doing what you, as far as getting recruited by, by a college, you know, what, how much difference or is being looked at between what you do on the field during your games versus kids attending these camps and, and getting looked at there. What do you guys both think about like 
obviously showcasing what you can do on the field is one thing, but when these kids go to these camps and, and, and get looked at, what is the difference in a recruiter's eyes, the, in your guys' opinion? I'll, I'll start this conversation off um, because the big thing is I hear it all the time. I'll send a, I'll send film to a kid and then the coach will say, I want to see his, how fast he runs in person. <laughs> so it's seeing the kid live pretty much. That's, I, I think where a lot of people kind of get, you know, big, a big line kind of, of kind of confusion of, okay, this is really what the coach wants, you know, is to see the kid run and, I'm sure Brian has more insight. He's, I'm sure he's heard the same thing. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff is definitely correct. I mean, recruiting has evolved like we talked about where, you know, a lot of times it used to be, you know, college coaches, you know, like Tom when we were in high school, we, we had the opportunity to play with John Jansen, who obviously played at the University of Michigan and um, is now a 97.1 host. And uh, like college coaches would be able to come and like sit in the stands and watch games. And, you know, we would have the old VHS tapes that we would send in. Uh, you know, I remember doing that actually as, as late as um, I think it was 2003. I was a student assistant at Wayne State University. It was before huddle and digital stuff. I'm copying and looking at VHS tapes using multiple VCRs and stuff. It was crazy, but things have evolved and they definitely, you know, want to see kids on campus and they definitely want to see uh, kids in person. Uh, like Jeff was saying, they want to see him run and, and, and things like that. And, you know, I've seen the, the, the hard part, and sometimes it can be frustrating as a coach is that, you know, when you see things in, in, in a game situation in person and you know for a fact that like, that kid is just a football player and he's a dude and he performs regardless if he has that specific measurable or not, where there's other kids that you know at the moment aren't as good as a football player, but he looks great in T-shirt and shorts and that kid might get the offer before, you know, a kid that is performing on the field. That can be frustrating, but what I compare it to, I think, is like, you know, think about how much the NBA draft has changed, right? And you you draft so many young guys, especially guys, you know, when they come out of high school and when they had the opportunity to do that. So you're drafting 18, 19-year-old guys a lot of times based on projection and what you think they're going to project to be, right, and what they hopefully will develop into. Um, I think recruiting in a lot of ways has gotten that way. Um, not, I mean, your dudes are your dudes, right? Like you mentioned Donovan Edwards, like he's a dude, you know, um, um, Dylan Tatum, you know, Westwood, like a dude regardless. Right. But I think of some other guys, you know, potentially maybe they're looking like a year or two down the road, get them into their program, uh, feed them, right. You know, put a lot of calories on them, stuff like that, get them into their weight training program that, that has a lot of benefit to it as well. So, I still think it goes both ways. Like I'm, I'm sending out and I'm sure, you know, Jeff gets requests too. like, I'm sending out, you know, the huddle highlight films to as many coaches as I can throughout the year. Because again, um, there, there is still something to be said for, for performing on Friday night when things are tough. So. Yeah. Another, another interesting thing that, you know, I hear explain a lot of is, you know, oftentimes, you know, coaches are looking for a kid, a particular size, um, you know, if you're a defensive tackle, like for the big 10, like you gotta be six, two plus. So, you know, oftentimes a lot of these parents and kids get, get so frustrated when they're looking at a kid who's getting an offer or getting interest, but they're not really realizing that like a coach is looking for a particular kid. Um, you might be better than the kid, but, um, you know, every kid at the end of the day is, is different in terms of their size. Um, you know, what they bring to the table in terms of, you know, their skill set, their athleticism, 
And, you know, a lot of times people don't understand these type of things about a kid. They talk about a kid and they think they're better than a kid, but, um, you know, there's a lot that goes behind the scenes of information as well that, um, you know, coaches are judging kids on. And, you know, I think that's really frustrating for parents. But I just explain to them, you know, every kid is not the same. Um, and you, you just got to realize, you know, kids play different positions too. Like a, if a college is looking for a receiver only in this class because of like the transfer portal, portal or something like, sorry, like a tight end isn't being recruited for that particular yeah. college. So I've gotten that. Yeah, Jeff, that's, that's a great point. I've gotten that a little bit, you know, nothing, nothing overly negative, but I've had parents asking me, well, you know, so-and-so isn't, you know, hasn't gotten recruited as much as, you know, this player on the team or hasn't gotten this, you know, looks or isn't getting as reached out as much. And I just kind of said like, well, your skill set's different, right? Like, I mean, a lot of times it's about that, that scheme fit and where you, you know, where they, again, project you to be like, maybe, they see you more of you know, the other side of the ball. Well, that's not your you know main focus and they, they're not going to recruit you that. I mean, there, like you said, there is like more to it than like, we're, we're not inside. I'm not inside the, the college recruiting offices to know exactly what their, you know, their goals are for each recruiting cycle, but yeah, it's a challenge. Yeah. It's new to everybody for sure, but this NIL situation, it's, turning high school recruiting into the wild wild west right now everybody knows that like the bag the backdoor deals you know the briefcase full of cash like from back in the day like those things those things will happen but they just weren't talked about people get in trouble for it but blah 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 now a lot of this is just right in the forefront um how much do you think and how much have you already seen the NIL situation change the landscape of high school football recruiting? Um, you know, it's, it's my full opinion on, on this isn't formed yet, um, just because it's still like a newer thing. You know, I think this is what going into year one and a half of it being yeah. out live since not even actually a year, I think it's been. Um, but the feedback I've gotten from kids and parents is, you know, we're committed to this school, but like, I'm an idiot if I'm not going to visit the school, like in the South, when I know they have, you know, massive fan bases, um, massive amounts of, you know, money, they're possibly able to put in the, these NIL deals. So we're going to explore that type of thing, you know? And I, I think, you know, if, if a kid wants to go into that school, look at, interested in their major, uh, has a good relationship, et cetera, with the college coach. I think they have every right, you know, to explore that. And if the NIL is like a deal breaker, you know, it's crazy that, like, it's crazy to say it, but like, you know, it's very relevant now. And, you know, it's going to be making a lot of decisions, I think, for kids. Um, I just haven't seen it impact it entirely yet. But I've, I've heard, you know, just mumblings and stuff about, you know what I just said that you know depending on the school like you got to look at it at least is it is it scary to to think that schools are going to now be basically offering deals because you know like it's the boost like the school can't specifically offer the NIL deal the kids right. you know but they can 
guide people a certain way. And you look at a school like Texas A&M, I don't remember the exact number, but they got kids that are, they got the number one recruiting class. They got like 25 stars and they're all, they all already got NIL deals, you know, like it's all like right on the table there for them. And it's, it's, it's now it's like, who, who's got the most money to yeah. give these kids and in your opinion, is that concerning or is it about time that this is happening because these universities are making millions and millions of dollars off of these kids anyway? And it's about time that they're legitimately getting money that, that, that they're worth. Yeah. Well, that's the question. Is this, you know, what they're worth and stuff for being, you know, college athletes? You know, some of them not even playing a single down yet. Like, I guess I don't really know if, you know, about the worth and stuff. But in terms of, like, the competitive balance and stuff, like, it's definitely got to be a little concerning, you know, especially if you're a school that can't compete with, you know, these schools that are sending out this type of, you know, money to players. Um, but I, I don't know. It's real, really interesting because it seems like it's still, like, the same – school is dominating you know the market like Alabama Georgia like last couple of years since Georgia's hard Kirby smart you know without the NILs they've still been recruiting tremendously um and you, you see what they did in the college football playoff for Michigan Alabama they were just on another level so um I, I don't know I mean I think I'll have a better opinion with more you know kind of experience with this um but I, I, when I started hearing about athletes being paid and stuff, I thought it was going to be somewhere, you know, like the school makes this amount of money from like a pool of like, say they make 30 million a year, which is pretty low. And they set aside like 4 million for players to be distributed. That's how I thought it was going to be. But, you know, I didn't see all these, <laughs> every business coming in with an NIL deal, every booster with an NIL deal type thing. That's where Nick Saban, you know, he, you know, he talked about that as a warning, like the, you know, the rich are going to get richer, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? Ultimately it's just, it's, you know, if, if college football was an arms race as it is with the facilities and, and, and whatnot, I mean, I, I can't imagine what it's going to look like. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine what it's going to look like a couple of years from now. Yeah. Well, they announced, uh, was it Mark Emmett's retiring as the NCA, but I don't know how much, he particularly really had with this. I think he just kind of had the, you know, give in to something with, um, you know, what happened with like Adidas and stuff in basketball with that yeah. whole scandal. Like they, had, they almost had to be more lax with it. That's what it is for me. Like, I like in my my opinion, like I do. I want to see these kids get paid, but like at what end? At what end? Like, you know, and who? And is it just football and just basketball? Like. Because, look, man, I don't know how many college softball players are getting NIL deals. Probably not too many. How many college swimmers? How many lacrosse players, you know? So, but those sports aren't getting millions and millions. They're not getting the TV revenue that that brings it. Like football programs, pretty much football and basketball, big-time basketball and football anyway, pay for all the rest of the sports anyway right so yeah. but at what level is it fair and, and and at what level do they stop being student athletes 
you know, and start being professionals. It's a tough so, one. It, it, it really question. is, you know. It's almost like it's not even a student athlete anymore, even yeah. though they're in college, you know. Yeah. And now at what point do you do you start giving NIL deals to the high school kids, you know, because you got so many stars. Like, like even like we mentioned earlier, uh, Bryce Underwood out of – you know, Belleville, this kid, he's already a star, you know, you you got a car dealership that wants him to, he can't even drive yet, but he's going to go, you know, like do a commercial for, for a TV, you know, for a, for a car dealership. And then they just happen to be a, a booster for university of such and such. Like, well, you had the guy last year or the, sorry, the kid last year from uh, Texas who went to Ohio state. Yeah. When you were, yeah. You know, he just gave up on his senior season to make, Yep. You know, an NIL deal, and now he's a million dollars, and then left and went back and said, basically just went, stole a million dollars from from <laughs> from Ohio, and then just just went back to Texas. I hate so, Ohio State, so I I I, I love that story, <laughs> but but it's it is like it, at what end it, is it? You know, it's probably gonna eventually. I think eventually have some type of law or some from you know legislators in the state with, you know, obviously influence from, like, I imagine the Coaches Association and the MHSA are going to work with the lawmakers eventually on that. Like, I don't know how long, but, like, if it's going to eventually happen, like, there's got to be, it just can't be the Wild West for, you know, like you said, a dealership coming to a kid who can't even drive. Yeah. <laughs> and other potential, you know, gambling and stuff like that, they got to make sure that's, you know, out of the equation. You know, so we'll yeah. see what happens, I guess. But for now, you know, just enjoy – kids just got to enjoy playing high school football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Coach Barnes, you got any uh, – we're getting up against it here. Uh, you got any uh, final thoughts? <laughs> Another awesome one again, you know. Uh, Jeff, thanks again for being here um, on Inside the Coach's Office. Our, our Twitter handle for the show is at Inside the Office. Um, go ahead if you want, Jeff, to – share your Twitter handle or any other information you'd want to give to our listeners. And then also out of curiosity, why the diesel? Why, why is that your name of um, kind of your, uh, that's a good one. <laughs> what, what we're doing here? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. It was just one night thought of the idea. Um, liked it. I was like trying to make it make sense, you know, like, okay, we got the D Detroit, obviously, you know, is what that's short for in the zone, which is the area around it, you know, and as things have, as I started seeing more of how football is and stuff, you really do see like, that's where the coaches come first is Detroit and then Metro Detroit. And then, you know, anywhere else outside of Metro Detroit. So, you know, it's fortunately worked out to be a really good name. You know, unfortunately people often just call us D zone and stuff, taking out the, 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 taking out the in front of it, but (laughs) <laughs> it is the D zone. So, um, you know, it's been a good name. I think people have really, you know, warmed up to it pretty quickly and, you know, like saying it. So um, that's, that's pretty much the story on that. Um, you can find us at the D zone.com for our website. Um, the D underscore zone for our Twitter and Instagram. And we're also on Facebook as well. Just search for the D zone and it'll come up, uh, get a red logo the the fall has got to be like your bread and butter but um recruiting season is definitely fun for you too what is the d zone 
365 or is there like low periods or like higher traffic, lower traffic as far as like how, how this site works or are you, you're just putting content out pretty much every day? Uh, yeah. So, you know, a lot of sports, not just football have become, you know, a 365 day thing. Um, you know, pretty much as soon as the season ends after the state finals, you got, you know, pretty major camp up in Pontiac, you know, the week after the season and, you know, from there, it doesn't stop. You got more camps, more showcases. Um, and then you got seven on seven leagues, um, seven on seven tournaments. And then, you know, sometimes I get a little break. Like, I don't think I'm doing anything this weekend. So, <laughs> well, I'm watching the draft, so I'm covering. Well, so. yeah. So, um, but no, um, I don't think there's anything in-person events going on this weekend, but I know like soon, soon after we got like pylon tournaments in other states that are going to have multiple Michigan teams at them. Um, and then come June, you got college camps from, you know, one day camps, seven on seven team camps. Um, high schools have their own camps, you know, and then I'm getting married in June. So I'm taking a couple uh, of days off this year. I'll be back at it next year. Though, don't worry. In June 12th. <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, you know, and then, you know, right before, just before you know it, we got August again. So yeah. you enjoy, enjoy the time you can with your loved ones and stuff. And that's awesome. You know, never so if people want to reach out specifically, they, they just go to, the, they can pick any one of those that, that they're more comfortable with. If they want to go to the website, if they want to go to Facebook, Instagram, they can just yeah, we get them you all. guys directly and then you're pretty yeah. responsive. Oh yeah. We're definitely responsive on everything. Um, you know, people are on every social platform right now. Um, fortunately for us, I think we found that, you know, Twitter is our biggest one. We exceeded 100,000 Twitter followers. So if you're one of them, uh, thank you if you're yeah. listening. Uh, that obviously meant a lot to us to hit 100K. Um, but I, th I think this Twitter is our biggest one and, you know, where we get the most engagement overall, not just from our followers, just the overall conversation and the reach we have on it. Twitter's definitely been good for us. So, Coach Barnes, I know we can't ask Jeff's your favorite question specifically, but I wonder if we can ask him if he's seen something. So we always conclude, Jeff, with, um, you know, I ask coaches or our guests, like, is there, a, is there a unique tradition or something unique to, you know, their program that they could share with everybody? It can be. You know, it could be a preseason thing where they go camping. It could be a certain drill. It could be a tradition. Um, you know, all the kids go to mass on Sunday or something. Is there something, like, pretty cool that you've witnessed or experienced going to all the games you've covered that uh, you think was unique or pretty cool that stood out that, you know, you, you would want to share with us? Um, I'd, I'd say from what I've seen, um, definitely – you know, um, Cast Tech having the walk across to like their practice field. And then when they would go to this Ford field, that was, that was an interesting one that I've seen. Uh, I know Whiteford, you know, they have to walk through like woods to get to their field. That's always a pretty cool thing. Um, for me personally, um, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to like describe how I feel about this because it's like, when do I ever mentally like get a break from this, you know? So, <laughs> but the time where I do have a mental break, like, I don't know, is sometime in June, just go up north, you know, exp enjoy the Michigan life of the lake, you know, that's, 
that's what it is for me the lake yeah. excellent that's awesome well all right ladies and gentlemen this is episode number 13 we're, we're teenagers now man lucky number 13 <laughs> We've done it. Jeff, uh, Jeff from the D zone. I really, really want to thank you for being here. Um, for coach Barnes, my name is Tom Murphy jr. Um, and we'll be back soon. We're going to keep on going ourselves and, uh, and have, uh, we, we got some more, uh, pretty cool guests lined up. So stay tuned, uh, to hear more from inside the coach's office. Peace.